0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this morning, between our second reading from 1 Corinthians and our, or our third reading uh, from the gospel, we were reminded that we have two different kinds of enemies. And that's what we're going to talk about today our enemies. Uh, there are two different categories of them, though. On, on the one hand, and we heard about this in our gospel reading, uh, there are the physical enemies. The earthly enemies, the kinds of enemies that we can see with our eyes, and more often than not, these are the enemies that we see in the faces of, of the people that are around us. Now, I have to admit, when I, I was growing up, uh, passages like this one that we heard in our gospel reading and these words of Jesus, they, they were often hard for me. Um, I knew they applied to me. I knew that these words of Jesus and what he had to say were for me because all of the Bible, all Jesus' words are for me. All of them apply to me. But I, I struggled to see how. I struggled to wrap my mind around them. And I, I think it was because I struggled to identify exactly who those enemies were. Um, I, I suppose maybe I didn't realize how good I had it, but I had a family that loved me and friends I got along with. Um, I wasn't throwing punches after school and, and getting into fights. I wasn't coming home and yelling at mom or dad. Of course, I didn't always get along with my friends or my family, but I, I had a hard time identifying who my enemies were. I didn't have anyone in my mind that fit the mold of, of who that will be. Now, as I've grown up and ma- maybe matured a little bit, I've, I've come to see that uh, enemies, our enemies, the kind that Jesus talks about, take many different shapes and sizes and forms. Uh, our enemies are not just the people we're throwing punches at at the schoolyard after school, uh, but very often our, our enemies are a little bit closer to home. Sometimes our enemies, uh, sadly enough, might even be in our own homes because it's our families sometimes that know how to hurt us the deepest. Uh, sometimes it's our friends uh, or what who were once our friends, who have become our enemies. They've gossiped about us, and we thought they never would, and now we're hurt and we're angry. Sometimes it's the people we work with, uh, the people that got the promotions that we thought we deserved, who have become our enemies. Sometimes it's the bully at our kid's school, who has made them feel bad who have become our enemies. Other times it's our politicians, the ones that seem to stand for everything we think is corrupt and evil and immoral. Our, our enemies take many different shapes and sizes and forms. And it, are, it is these enemies, that the physical enemies, the ones we can see with our eyes, I believe that, that sometimes we, we give all of our attention to. Uh, these are the enemies that uh, take up so much of our time and our energy. These are the enemies that that we battle back against. And I was wondering about that this week. Why do we do that in light of what Jesus has said about them? Why do we spend so much time and energy uh, devoted to them. And, and I think it's because with these enemies, the enemies we can see, the, the people around us, we, we feel like we can do something about them, right? We have some control over it. We have some power. We can make things right. We can call up the mom or dad of that schoolyard bully that's been pushing our kid around, and, and we can really let them have it. When, when our families hurt us and, and they give us those little words that they really dig deep. We can throw it right back at them. We know how to hurt them just as much as they can hurt us. When our friends gossip about us, well, uh, we can do that too. Uh, we spend a lot of time and energy fighting our earthly enemies, uh, dreaming of ways to, to get revenge, wondering how we're, we're going to get back or, or get even. And yet you heard what Jesus had to say about these people, didn't you? <laughs> He says it's not worth fighting or battling these people. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. He says that those who we have been devoting so much time and energy, those we have been fighting against, those are the ones we are called to love. Those are the people that we pray for. Now, I'm actually not going to talk too much more about those kinds of enemies at all today. Uh, What Jesus has to say is not easy. It's not easy to love your enemies, but the message is quite simple. I don't know that I could add much to it. Just love them, (laughs) Jesus says, uh, if they ask you for your cloak, your coat, give them your shirt, too. Give them whatever they want. If they ask for you to walk with them one mile, you go, too. You, you go the distance for those uh, enemies of yours. You love them and you pray for them. That's a simple message that he gives. Uh, today, though, I'd rather talk a little bit more about the other enemies, the kind that we heard uh, about in our second reading for today, the enemies that we can't always see with our eyes or touch with our hands, the, the spiritual enemies, Uh, The enemies we could sum up by calling sin, death, and the devil. Uh, The Bible makes it clear. These are our greater enemies, sin, death, and the uh, devil. Uh, These are the enemies that are worth our time and our effort. These are the ones that we should be battling back against. Uh, And yet, all too often, I find that these are the enemies that we have belittled, that we have dismissed, that we actually don't think too much about. We, We don't think... Too much about death until we have to, until it takes someone we love. But until that point we do our best to, to push it off into the corner, to not think very much about it until it's absolutely necessary. Our sin, we dismiss it, we belittle it. We we tell ourselves we're not that bad, at least not like everyone else. And we would like to think that if push comes to shove, that we could overcome it, that we could stop if we really put our minds to it, if we really wanted to. It's not that big of a problem. And, and then, of, of course, there's, there's Satan. And, and we don't really think about much him uh, of him or about him at all in our culture for today. If anything, he's that cute little cartoon character that sits on our shoulder with the pitchfork and the red face. And to be honest, I, I think Satan loves when we think of him like that, when we diminish him and belittle him like that, because that means that he can just go about his work unencumbered. <laughs> uh, there's this quote, actually, by Mark Twain, and I'm paraphrasing it here, but uh, I heard this once, that Mark Twain said, when it comes to Satan, when it comes to the devil, we should not give him reverence. We shouldn't bow down before him. We don't worship the devil, uh, but we ought to pay him respect. <laughs> that is, we, we ought to respect his talents, Mark Twain said. We ought to recognize that Satan has been lying and deceiving and tricking for a very long time now. And throughout those years, he's gotten good at it. And we just need to be aware of that, not fearful, but aware and, and, and to respect how, how good he is at what he does. And yet, all too often, again, we, we dismiss these enemies, the spiritual enemies. We diminish them. We belittle them. And, and maybe the reason for that is because deep down inside, we know we're powerless against them as as much as we try to not think about death and and kind of push it off to the side when it comes it hurts and there's little we can do about it uh, it has a pretty good track record now of taking everyone who's gone before us and and it will come knocking on our door too. Our sin, there's very little we can do about that. We feel powerless against it, although we tell ourselves and we'd like to think that we could stop whenever we want. We know that's not true. We've, we've said it before. We've promised God we would, and, and yet there we are a week later doing the same exact thing. When it comes to Satan, we have fallen for all of his lies, all of his little tricks, every last one of his temptations. He has this power over us that makes us feel powerless and And so because we can't do much about it, we push it off to the corner, we dismiss it, we avoid it, we belittle it. Uh, But Jesus says today that 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 is much more worthy of our attention and our time. These enemies, sin, death, and the devil, are the real problems in our lives. Uh, You can kind of think about it like this. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever been robbed or if you've had anything stolen or taken from you, your house broken into. Uh, I have, uh, but just once, and it really wasn't even that big of a deal, uh, it was my backpack. Uh, Although if you know me, my backpack is like my lifeline. I go everywhere with my backpack. It has everything I need. Uh, I could live for a long time with everything that's in my bag. I suppose it's almost kind of like my man purse. It goes with me everywhere I go. And one day, while I was in seminary, I had taken my backpack off to a, a neighboring university to use their library. They had some books I, I needed to use. And so I'd gone there to, to do some studying and writing of papers and things. And i just about finished up, and I'd packed everything back into the bag, my laptop, my, my notebooks, and, and the books I had checked out. And I turned around for just a second, and I don't remember what I did. Like, I, I got a drink of water or something or wandered off to talk to someone. And I came back just a minute later, and, and my bag was gone. And I, I, I kind of frantically searched around. I looked to see where it was. I thought it had to be in this room. Uh, I didn't see anyone come or go, but it was crowded, and so I wasn't sure, and, and yet it was gone. And if you've ever been there, or if you've ever had something stolen, you know the kinds of feelings that come. For me, it was these two, two feelings. The first was fear, and knowing that there was this enemy out there that I could not see, someone who had robbed me and, and taken things from me, someone who might be there right in front of me, and yet I, I wouldn't know who it was. Uh, I was... I was afraid. Every time I went out again with my bag after that for a little while, if I went to a coffee shop or a library, I kept my eyes focused on that bag. I wouldn't leave it alone for a second out of fear that it would happen again. Uh, I was afraid. And the second feeling I had was this feeling of helplessness, right? If, if you've been there, there's really nothing you can do when you've been robbed. I mean, you're totally helpless, uh you can't really bring justice to those who have hurt you, not most of the time. Uh, I, I could have tried to do my best Hardy Boys impression and done some sleuthing and detective work, but I was pretty confident that I was helpless to do anything at all about it. And and if this had been my home that was broken into and maybe that's happened to you, I would imagine that those feelings of fear and helplessness only multiply like a thousand times over, this fear, like what if it happens again and what if I'm home? Or, or maybe like what if your kids were home? when that happened? Or, or this helplessness to think that someone was going through your things while you weren't there and, and, and maybe you had locked the doors or you even had an alarm system but they were determined to get in and, and maybe they'll do it again. It feels like you can do nothing when you've been robbed, this fear, this helplessness. And yet there is one thing you can do. There's one thing I did, and that was to call up the authorities, right? Uh, Praise be to God, there are people in our world who can do things about this, who Who have been trained in this who have been given by uh, our society the authority to enact justice and so you call the police right you call security and you tell them what's happened and they're the ones who can investigate they can see things that you can't they have access to cameras and uh, information and fingerprints that that i just didn't have and and if anyone was going to solve my problem if anything if anyone was going to make things right it would be them it would be the the police when when you've been robbed or you've had things stolen from you that's who you call those who have been given power and authority to bring justice and to make things right in our world. See, the analogy is this. We have all been robbed by our unseen enemies. We have had things taken from us by sin, death, and the devil. We have been robbed of joy and hope and peace. When death comes, we're even robbed of life. Our our relationships through sin have been broken. We've been robbed of of the goodness of those relationships. From the words that have come out of our mouths, from from the words that have been spoken to us, so much has been taken from us. So much of God's good world has, has been stolen from right underneath our feet. And and so much of the time that leaves us with fear and helplessness. We don't know what to do or who to turn to, but today we're reminded that there is one that we can call. There is one who has been given all power and all authority to make things right. There is one, and you know his name. It's Jesus. And he is the one who will come to our rescue. He is the one who will bring victory, who will conquer those unseen enemies. Uh, This is what Paul has been talking about in 1 Corinthians 15 that we read today. Uh, As you know, we've been walking through 1 Corinthians for a while, and and when we started, we were way back when in chapter 12, and, and Paul was addressing the church because there were some issues there. Uh, people weren't getting along. Some people felt superior and they were putting others down. They had all these issues with, with spiritual gifts and so he has to remind them that the greatest gift that they have received is love, God's love for them and the love that they share. Uh, last week, if you were here, we were reminded of the amazing hope that we have as the church have, that, that our hope is not just one day that we'll escape this world and flee and leave everything behind, but, but that we are hoping for a renewal and a restoration that Jesus is coming to the rescue and he will make things right and he will raise us up. And and today, Paul continued along those veins. He continued to describe what that will look like when we are raised up and he says we're going to get these new, mysterious, but much more glorious bodies and we will live in a a new and somewhat mysterious, but much more glorious world. And and in there, though, he he talks about this victory that's going to come when Christ returns. He, He talks about how our enemies... The greatest of our enemies, the spiritual enemies, will one day be defeated and he will bring justice. And and this is how he, he puts it. This is what Paul writes. Speaking of Christ's return, he says, Then the end will come when Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, all authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. See, brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming And all that has been taken from us and robbed from us, Jesus will bring justice and righteousness. He will destroy every last enemy we face, including death itself. And that is a world that Jesus is coming to bring us that I have a hard time imagining. I don't know about you. I mean, can you even imagine this world that is waiting for us where all of our enemies are gone? We will no longer come to God with our time of confession anymore because there will be no more sin to confess. In your prayers, you will have nothing to admit to him. (laughs) That's going to be an amazing world when that enemy is defeated. The the death that that takes away the people we love, that will happen no more. We will one day no more come to God uh, with tears in our eyes wondering, why Lord, why me, why my loved one, why now? That will never happen again. One day uh, when Satan is defeated, there will be no more lies, no more tricks, no more schemes of his that we will fall for. We will no longer stumble. That's the world that Jesus is coming to bring. World of victory, a world where all of our enemies are defeated. Now, until that day, uh, Paul makes it clear today that we don't just sit on our hands and, and watch the world pass us by. Uh, and until that day, I, I would suggest that we do three things. As we wait for Jesus to return to conquer our greatest enemies of sin, death, and the devil, uh, the first thing we do, Jesus told us today in our gospel reading, is we love our earthly enemies. <laughs> Uh, With all of the confidence and freedom that comes from knowing sin, death, and the devil will be wiped out, we love those people around us. We pray for the people that God has put in our paths. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, The second thing that we do is, is we continue to battle back against those spiritual enemies. Uh, knowing that Jesus has won the war, we continue to fight our daily battles against sin and Satan. We, we read our Bibles so that we are filled with the truth of God's word so we don't fall for the lies any longer. We pray to God asking for that Holy Spirit strength for the ability to do things that otherwise we would never, ever do on our own. We, we surround ourselves with Christian brothers and sisters. We form good Christian friendships because we weren't meant to fight these battles alone. We weren't meant to beat back Satan and sin all by ourselves. We, we rely on the body of Christ together to fight our daily battles. We stand firm in the midst of temptation. And then number three, the third thing we do, we, we love our enemies, we fight our daily battles And then number three, we trust all along the way that Jesus has won the war. We look forward with hope knowing that while we fight our battles, Jesus will finish the job once and for all, that God doesn't expect us to overcome sin, death, and the devil because Jesus has and he will. We look forward with hope and with trust that what Jesus began from the cross and what he proclaimed from the tomb will one day be completed once and for all. And victory will be ours. And there will be no more enemies. What a day that will be. In Jesus' name, amen.